Hello? Am I in the right spot? Yes, yes, come right in. My name is the Masked Marauder. We've talked on the phone. Oh, that's correct. Uh, I'm Lord Monty Fisk. You can call me Monkey Fist. I think I'll call you Monty. All right, very good old chum. Uh, welcome to BFG. Uh, what can I do for you? Are you, you? You're new to our society, that's correct? Well, I noticed that I've been needing a villain society to test out my giant laser cannon, and I figured VFG would be the perfect place. Ah, yes. Well, that is a that is a great gimmick. Uh, we're glad to have you aboard. Um, so, why don't you tell me what what are your what are your plans? What do you want to get out of this super villainy? I want to prove that my laser rifle is the best laser rifle. Perfect, perfect. We're going to put you onto uh, possible duty. Possible duty. Mm-hmm. What does it entail? Well, uh, the main idea is uh, there is this one individual, and it is completely imperative that we occupy her time by letting her thwart us again and again. The girl with the bare midriff on all the news channels. That's right. A Kim Possible, and her bewildering friend whose name escapes me. I see. Well, I've got confidence in my laser rifle. I'll have her dead in a oh, week. Oh, 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 no. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, we cannot kill her. I, I don't understand. What, what is the purpose of this group? You see, the Better Future we... group is, has been enacted... Wait, that's what BFG stands yes, for? Yes, of course. Uh, we, have, we were founded by members from the future who came back... To, to show us that in order to have a better society, we must sort of well, put on a show for our uh, for the Kim Possible one so that she does not come up to rule us all. Is she really that much of a threat? Well, there's no harm in, in taking, uh, taking some precautions. I'm just not sold on this whole idea. Well, come and meet the rest of the team. Maybe you'll like them. They are the most interesting people in the world. You know what? I think I'm going to go home and think about this. Just call me and... Or beat me if you want to reach me. I'll get back in touch with you in a week. My name is Ben. Welcome to the Carton Cast. Yep, and I'm Zane. And welcome to the Carton Cast. Uh, Good stuff. Your one. Yep. <laughs> this is uh, your weekly broadcast about what's new, by which I mean old, in animation. Yes, um, uh, the Carton Cast. We think we're all that, but we're not. <laughs> we know we're not all that. We know we're not even some of it, Zane. But, uh,. Yes, this week in the Carton Cast, we are discussing Kim Possible. What is uh, the sitch? <laughs> What's the sitch with Kim Possible? I don't what know. What simply is the sitch? Yeah, it, it's going to be hard not to talk in Dragon's half 90s mannerisms, <laughs> but uh, before we get mired down into, you know, what's cool, dog, yeah. um, why don't you tell us what Kim Possible's about, Zane? All right, so uh, Kim Possible ran on the Disney Channel from the 02 to the 07. Uh, Try again. I-, I can't parse that. <laughs> uh, 2002 Too inconsistent. to 2007. Thank you. Uh, it was going to end with a movie, but it was still so popular that it actually ran for another season after that. Uh, apparently, yeah, this is a very rare thing with Disney. Apparently, they like to have like a five-year cutoff mark. Something like 65 episodes or something. 
Oh yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, but this was so popular that they that they gave it one more. Yeah. I think it's only topped by the popularity of fin- Phineas and Ferb. That's the only one that's uh, ran longer than it. I think. Yeah. Uh, and it was created by Bob Schooley and Mark McCorkle, who worked on Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, as did actually many of the voice actors in this. Uh, I was turned off by the animation of Buzz Lightyear and Star Command. I'd never actually watched it, but like I saw commercials, and I was like, mm. yeah. Uh, but they did some other Disney works, including Sky High, which I thought was a pretty <laughs> good movie, actually. Did you, did you really? I did. I Are you it. sure that you thought that? If that's the movie I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have that like floating tower of x-men except that it's like the superpowers are all like caters to teens so like i assume someone can belt really loudly or something yeah and there's a guy that melts i think <laughs> meltman's on there <laughs> i wish was one guy naked meltman's got way more charisma um but <laughs> uh they apparently reportedly they came up with kim possible in an elevator one of them just yes. said, they just pretty much came up with the name and said that they'd figure out the rest later, which I think is a great way to create a show. That's how we created our egg theme. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. What's in? Eggs? Done. Yeah. In, in a Harvey Birdman attorney at law sort of way, the idea came after the genesis of the idea. Like the the idea was just kind of as a, just tacked on after the fact. Yeah. They said, we want... Which... A character named Kim Possible, she can do anything, she's going to have a sidekick, Ron Stoppable, who can't do anything, and we'll see how this plays out. And I don't understand well. why that idea was good enough for a show. <laughs> you see, Ben, <laughs> Kim Possible sounds similar to Impossible. Right. What can she do, though? Uh, anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm sort of, I'm halfway sold. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> Ron Stoppable sounds like anyway. Um, Stop Ronable. Um, yeah, and the show. I guess let's talk about it. Unless you have anything more in production. No, it's it. That's pretty straightforward. All right. Well, um, yeah. the The plot of it is not even that much more enticing than the genesis of the idea, because it's basically just Degrassi for uh james bond right right well i I think it had a few main ideas going going into it so they wanted a strong female character strong female lead um and sort of bumbling male sidekick yeah in case you didn't realize that the female lead was strong they gave you a a nice uh foil um, a nice meter stick to compare it to (laughs) the ineptitude of ron stoppable the sidekick yeah well, it's so not just get that by It's not just him. She's kind of compared to everyone else, and everyone else is sorely lacking. That's true. Everyone else kind of has fatal flaws. In the case of Ron Stoppable, pretty much is nothing but fatal flaws. Well, everyone else um, is is like normal teens, and then there's also just this superhuman spy agent kind of person. She she does have her weaknesses, though. Yeah, or rather, one weakness. Yeah. And it's boys. Yeah, so the first, I think the first That's going to be hard to get through, Zane. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. The first season We're going to have to talk about it, and it's going to be awful. The, the first season focused more on the high school drama angle, and I think it gets better after that, the second season and onward, because the focus is more on the uh, save the world stuff, the continuity of the supervillains. There's, there's a bit more characterization in the side characters, and there's a lot. And, and, and the comedy was much more prominent. They stop trying to have like a moral or like a cohesive message. So yeah, I, I mean, 
if you're watching Shows an episode usually in the first benefit season, when it's they not... abandon the moral. Yeah. If you're watching an episode in the first season, it's not like it's bad, but the the later ones are much better, especially uh there were a couple of movies which were um I think probably the best best plot lines. Maybe. I, I honestly didn't think much of the plot lines. Um the the fact that half of the time it's sort of a big O problem I have. Mm-hmm. Um, where half of the time it's a high school drama and then she resolves the high school drama by going and fighting supervillains. Right. And, and that to a degree goes away with time. But anyway, the plot sort of resolves itself by she has some problem in high school and she goes and fights some supervillains. By the end of the episode, she has both solved the supervillain crisis and it's somehow related back to her high school problem. Mm -hmm. Um, they either intermingle in plot and or theme and, uh, you know, occasionally Ron gets in on the madness, and it's a moral about him, not about Kim. Right. But, you know, they're ostensibly the... They they don't do anything apart, so they're ostensibly the same person. Right. They they work together as a team, uh, so... And it's much better as a team. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, shall we get into the specific characters? I guess so. I, I actually... I'm gonna tell you, I really don't like Kim Possible as a character. Really? Yeah, I didn't find her that all all that in, engaging. Hmm. Like her high school debutante persona is kind of inconsistent with the setting. Right. Well, that's why. Did you did you watch mainly the earlier episodes? I watched a couple of the earlier ones. I wouldn't say mainly. I I feel like I feel like that aspect goes away. Think so? It was definitely more prominent early on. But I mean, you're you're talking about like the I'm crushing on this dude so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that keeps happening. It does. Um, there are aspects of it which are played more or less depending on where you are in the series. But it takes up a significantly less strong amount of time later on. It is annoying, partially because it's so unrealistic. It's kind of misogynistic, a but bit. yeah. Yeah. It is unrealistic because this girl has I mean look at her backflips. Like she she knows what <laughs> she's doing. Like this this requires a lot of training. It's sort of a Batman situation. If you have the necessary skills to train yourself to this level, you shouldn't have this huge glaring problem in your uh in your in your psyche. On, I mean it's not a problem, but she should kind of be more put together than the, than the she is. On the other hand, Consider that every male interest she runs into is usually revealed to be like an evil robot or something. <laughs> you you watched the movie as well? Oh yeah. Because you wanted to get the resolution of them kissing. So And then when it happened you're like that was weirder than I wanted it to be. <laughs> so the drama. Um <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but yeah. you know, if you if you have someone who succeeds every time in one aspect of her life and has things not work every time in this other aspect it's you know i didn't mind it as much as i as i could have it made me roll my eyes to be honest it's such a stark contrast she's completely effective and then totally ineffectual like you see her stuttering to a crush like mm-hmm. in the first episode yeah like, that's not somebody who's that confident in the rest of her life would do i mean okay maybe it is but Maybe, maybe she just has this huge weakness of... But no, she doesn't, because she's also, like, the most popular girl in school. She's, like, head cheerleader. Yeah, it, it's a little confusing. It's just kind of inconsistent. Like, I get that they're going for both cool secret agent and relatable, relatable role yeah. model. Like, 
who happens to be in high school and is going through all the drama. But the combination just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems right. That That's kind of how I, I thought about her. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, the part where she's perfect in some regards, perfection is boring. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of didn't find her that much fun to hang around with, which I think the the you know the people who made the show knew because they just staple a big bag of jokes to her side most of the time um <laughs> so that we have something else to focus on but uh but kim is voiced by uh christy carlson romano and mm-hmm. it's interesting she she also played ren on even stevens and that is also a character who is the same role it's, it's pretty much the same very talented very capable in one aspect in most aspects of her life and then the boy thing yeah, know. a little bit different than Ren, though, because Ren was completely unpopular nerd girl, but Kim is popular through and through. That's true. So it, it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's a similar role. Like, perfection except for this one glaring character flaw, which doesn't make sense with the perfection. With Ren, it kind of made sense. Yeah. Here, it kind of doesn't. Like, how can you be that popular and be that inept in social situations? <laughs> Just kind of breaks down, you know? Yeah. Um... Like I said, it's also kind of misogynistic about how all of her drama is related to boys. Yeah. Like, I feel like they really just targeted this demographic hard. Which, by the way, what is the demographic here? Who's the audience? Hmm. Teen girls? Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure it's teen boys. Hmm. Because you have this unattainable uh, object of affection whom is whom finds it just as hard as you do to talk to the opposite gender. <laughs> and by the end of the arc, you have her macking on the best friend. Yeah. Whom is a loser. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, then it's sexist I, in I two ways because <laughs> you're also like, oh man, he doesn't have anything going for him either. And he still gets the girl. Yeah. It's, I'm not, I'm not so weird. It doesn't, it's not weird that I never go out of my basement. It's there's still hope for me. I got no, there isn't their their relationship. It it reminded me a lot of um, Fry and Leela from Futurama. Oh, interesting. Um, maybe a little of Cosmo and Wanda too, but yeah, this this <laughs> idea of just this Leela is more hyper competent than Wanda. I feel right. like that that's the main difference. But mm-hmm. you know, th- this male side who is funny and more fun to watch from the audience perspective, you know, stumbles his way into success. (laughs) Yeah, which I guess let's talk about Ron then. Yeah, Ron Stoppable. Um, Yep, voiced by our dear friend Terry McGinnis. Yes, Will Friedel. the same voice actor as him. We've got Will Friedel, or Friedley, I believe, (laughs) as I called it last time. Um, I, I really like Ron, both his character and his function in Team Possible. Is that what they call it? So, like, he's a he's a sidekick, and he's mm-hmm. he's a very good sidekick. Yeah, he doesn't draw focus. He's a good backup dancer, right? <laughs> he's in he's intriguing to watch, but he doesn't pull focus from the main draw of the show. Except that he really does, because he's all I'm watching when they're together, right? Uh, so, and he's all the I villains are watching because he's fine with being the distraction. <laughs> like he even <laughs> well, says, like, "Hey, the, Kim, the I'm, I'm ready him. to be the distraction now." That's really good. <laughs> um, and he no, I don't he, think that he does draw focus. Like, Dr. Draken literally does not remember his name. It's like, that blonde kid, I don't 
whose whose name escapes me at the moment. Well, he knows that he requires blasting, so. Yeah, well, he does look pretty blastable. Yeah. I kind of want to beat him up. He also um, takes care of the kind of random luck success type of thing. So they have um, they have a couple episodes where they draw attention to what's called the Ron factor. The Ron factor. Well, the Ron factor turned out to be a non-factor, right. as I recall. <laughs> that, that was a vital plot point. <laughs> yeah, that was pivotal. So the idea that when they are separated, Ron and Kim are much less effective. Ron for the obvious reasons, but Kim for kind of... I don't know, focus reasons, or just she needs somebody distracting the enemy? He, he adds some entropy. Um, <laughs> presu- Randomness favors the underdog. Well, I mean, they're villains, right? They plan a cor- they, they're the ones who are instigating the situations in which Kim shows up. So if they're observant, they should know what Kim is going to do. But who the hell knows what Ron is going to do? He gives that he adds that factor of randomness that Kim can just sort of capitalize right. on. Oh, he knocked this thing out of the way. Now it's available for me to swing at the villain. Like, which is why the most you know? successful plot lines involve trying to separate Kim and Ron. I, I actually hadn't noticed that. Did that happen frequently? Uh, it happened a couple times that I noticed, and I didn't watch too many episodes. So, yeah, this idea that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Hmm. Yeah, but that is kind of cool. I mean, I don't think they really draw too much attention yeah. to it. But but this is more of a function of storytelling. In in um, you know, if you have a character who is less objectively good, then you're going to take whatever reasons you can to try and make them work within the story and and like have them feel useful. You'll see this. Oh, they're the variability that the narrative needs. Yeah. Well. Kind of. You'll you'll see this in comic books um, where, mm-hmm. you know, Superman could solve the problem, <laughs> but Aquaman happens to play a pivotal role that, you know, it could just as well have not been written that way. Mm-hmm. But it reminds us, hey, yeah, no, he's a, he's a hero, too. He's helping. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I don't think that's the point. I think it's just because it's boring to watch someone who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, My- so he is more fun to watch in that case. Yeah, I guess. I mean, in in, in and of itself, Ron is the more fun character, and I feel like on the especially from the, like the second season onward, the side plots start revolving solely around Ron. <laughs> yeah, he starts he starts driving things forward. My favorite thing about Ron is that he has mystical monkey powers for no reason. <laughs> Taishing Pequa. <laughs> oh, you wrote it down. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. I committed it to memory, mystical monkey kung fu. So, I yeah, he's he actually does have one supervillain claim to fame of his own, mm-hmm. the Lord Mon- Monkey Fist. Yeah, whom I guess transferred transferred over from Jackie Chan Adventures. Yeah. So this actually that whole plot line brings in something I really like about this show, and it's its sense of continuity. Um, mm. you know if. If a couple of villains team up, then you might see them again working together in the future. Um, they reference previous battles that happened. They reference things that, that have occurred. Uh, that Sonora Senior Junior guy ends up dating Bonnie, and that stays around he, for a while. He's my favorite. <laughs> I know. He's so good. <laughs> um, so you, you see the sort of in-jokes coming back again and again, and after a while it builds up a fairly interesting and compelling universe, I think. Um... Maybe I I don't mind the vil I like the villains. Um, I think the villains are the best part. 
Yeah, I agree. The the villains are way more interesting than the heroes, even with Ron involved. Like, we're going to get to it, but the only villains I really want to talk about are Draken and Shigo. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are the main ones. Yeah. I mean, Ron is, Ron is interesting on his own, though. Like, let's, let's, let's finish out Ron, and then we can go into some other characters. Right. So, uh, the one thing I really like about Ron is that he his most endearing quality is that he's either unwilling or unable to change who he is mm-hmm. even though he's he he understands the social impact on the impact on his social life that being such a weirdo who's like right in the first episode like his third sentence is never be normal <laughs> and he's like proudly screaming it yeah. <laughs> um you know help, helped out by the fact that he has naked mole rat as a pet but he just he understands that it's not he's not doing things that are cool and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smart. Long words confuse me. <laughs> Generally weirdos like that are unaware, but with Ron and he's it looks as though he's like waiting like he has He's come to terms with it. He he knows what popularity can do because he he hangs out with Kim all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm, if I were popular, I'd get this kind of attention. Not worth it. And he just does his own so thing. You saw he, it, like he's weighed the options. You saw it as a conscious decision rather than an expression of laziness or, or Most lack of, of self-awareness? Most of the time. Because there are a few opportunities, and I really hate these parts, where his aversion to social niceties is is just is just abandoned Mm. like he'll just be like oh this is what girls like i'm gonna be like this now (laughs) like he tries to be the bad boy or he like does something he saw in a movie and that's like i don't know it it just is antithetical to the part of his personality that i really adored Mm -hmm. so it's just not quite as complete as i would have would have cared for but you know even if you have a personal mantra you, you're not always going to uphold it it's it's fairly realistic so it's fine but mm. you know i don't know uh, I, I i really like it when he is just consciously not trying to be cool because it's not his way so you you so you prefer him not trying to be cool rather than trying not to be cool Oh man, Jesus! It's like nine thirty, man. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, yeah, I think so. Like, I think he is very accepting of his role as sidekick, right? And for him to be the role of sidekick, for him to do it the right way, um, he has to be, you know, this uncool, this uncool fellow. What about he? he his character doesn't really make sense unless he's uncool. What about? And I think this, he knows that. This idea. Like we, I think we we both preferred Ron. We both, we enjoyed watching him. I didn't, even though I didn't He's mind more fun him as much as you did. But yeah. this, there's something upsetting about this idea that you know, Kim has you know some privileges. She works very hard. She's engaged in a lot <laughs> of things. A student. Ron is barely involved. He he follows along because otherwise he'd be alienated from his only friend. His only friend. His only <laughs> human friend. Um. And he doesn't do much of anything, and he's kind of low man on a totem pole, and yet we root for him much more. Yeah, what is he didn't really deserve our adoration. What is that about? I think it proves his point is that he's staying true to himself, and it really pays off. Well, it's not like, like she's we, the not, audience, like him. We just don't like herself. I don't know if she is. She's kind of you know, she's kind of hiding behind a bit of a mask. So there's this. Um, there's this idea in like uh, self-help books and motivation 
that mm -hmm. your brain is going to do anything it can to prevent you from becoming better? Yes. Your your brain, well, I mean, I think more generally, your brain just resists change. Yes, because it's trying to expend as little energy as possible. Mm -hmm. Impossible. But, <laughs> yes. so, when you see someone like Kim, and you see her succeeding, you're like, oh man, that is so unattainable, I might as well not try. And then when yeah, you it's see so someone, Raven. You, <laughs> <laughs> ben, Sorry, so Raven, Raven was in this show, so I, I kind of was waiting for a way to drop that in. <laughs> you don't need a reason. I could have just said it at the top. <laughs> cut it in. Um, <laughs> yeah, just cut in about how Raven it is. But um, And you look at Ron and you're like, oh, he's much more like me, but he can still be successful without changing who he is. I'm also going to use that as an excuse to not change myself. Oh, so we're just adoring him because he's the more comfortable person to adore because it doesn't force us to change who we are. Yeah, he's giving us he's giving us an out for self improvement. Yeah, that, that might be that might be reasonable. I think he might be thinking about it too hard. I think it's just might be just he's more relatable. Mm -hmm. So we want him. We root for him more. I think I liked Kim more on an intellectual level simply because I really enjoy watching young people make good decisions. I liked her on an intellectual level because I really enjoy watching young people fight. And do backflips. Yeah. yeah she, <laughs> she does pretty good backflips I would say, for a high schooler. I would say that she that the battle scenes um, make her way more interesting. The battle scenes are really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like watching her fight. Yeah. But I just don't think it adds that much to it. Like, like I said, my main problem with her character is just its inconsistency from a reasonably... I don't know. It just didn't seem like a character that could exist. Mm -hmm. And I think part of my intellect just couldn't get past it. Right. Um, we should so talk it's... for a second about their motivations, though. Oh, yeah? Because, like you mentioned, uh, Ron follows her along into all these dangerous situations, which prompts the question, why is she a secret agent? Yes. And why is Ron always there? So... Near as I could tell from their origin stories, which I didn't look too much into, but I watched the movie with the time travel business. Oh, jeez. Um, okay. And basically, they were the first friends each other ever had, and just kind of mm -hmm. stuck with it through inertia. Yeah, that's generally how it works up through high school. And Ron got, um, I mean, Ron gets jealous anytime there's some other guy involved. <laughs> yep, and Kim gets jealous when there's a different girl involved. I didn't notice that as much. Because uh, it's generally after they actually hook up. But, uh, yeah, it's... Well, you, yeah, say, you it, say that like they're not hooking appealing up all to... along. Huh? You say that like they're not hooking up all along. You, you think they're on the down low they, when the audience isn't looking? They've totally been on the down low the entire series. Do you think so? Absolutely. <laughs> they're so... I mean, think about it. So... For, That's really funny. For reference, <laughs> in the movie, they get together... And then the whole yes. fourth season, they're together. They're dating. Mm -hmm. Yes. But their relationship doesn't change at all. And there are examples of times when, like, yeah, they're going from, like, uh, uh, scuba gear into a tuxedo. And they just disrobe in front of each other. Like, not concerned at all. That's not quite true. Ron knows how to in... break into her room. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> Like he he like throws rocks on her window, hold the boombox above his head, plays Summer of '69. <laughs> Rufus is a little DJ. It's pretty pretty good scene. But no, I I I I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's 
I think that's reasonable to assume. Let's keep let's 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 keep going. So if they've been going down on the if they've been on the down low the whole time, um, I guess makes sense that Ron is constantly following her to these missions because they have a lot of transit time. They ask like the goat farmer that Kim helped run away from like a volcano eruption yeah. that one time, and he's driving them into town. Get some alone time away from the folks and the prying eyes of uh, high school society. Maybe Kim doesn't feel uh, comfortable mm-hmm. dating Ron in high school. Well, also, I mean, in high, you get two people in high stress situations for extended period of time. <laughs> They're horny teens, but but more than that. Um, so if you, they, they've done some studies on this as well, and this is a really, I really love this study. You keep pulling studies out. I feel like these, some half of these have not have got to not exist. No, these are totally real, and this is my favorite. Okay. They did an experiment where um, that basically a woman approached uh, a man and gave her gave him a survey to do, and then gave mm-hmm. him like her number if he ne- needed to ask any questions. Yeah, and in the control group, this happened just normally. And then in the experimental group, it was on a bridge, like a long bridge, like suspended above <laughs> oh. a chasm. You know, I, I actually saw this this as well. And, and they would generally call if uh, if it was from the bridge because they it made a bigger impact on them, a bigger romantic impact because um, it was in a high stress situation. Yeah. Any sort of any sort of a arousal, connection. your brain will be like, "Hey, this is the same kind of arousal." <laughs> it's also why you take girls to like horror movies yeah absolutely same reason um so that could definitely be why ron sticks around because he, because he of, just associates boners with like getting a death ray pointed at no, him because he knows that kim would not be interested in him if she didn't have this subconscious attraction going on wow <laughs> I really like the idea that they just constantly boning down in the downtime in the missions and then, like, have to act cool when they get back to normal. No, no, it's even better because they, like, like, he can't get it up. Like, they can't get involved with each other until they're, like, like wow, we almost just died. Want to do it? <laughs> what? If- <laughs> and that's why they keep doing it. I mean, Kim is certainly boy crazy enough for those ideas to make some sense. Yeah. It it also opens up the possibility that they are constantly, like, subtly egging on these supervillains to enact these plans. <laughs> well, that has its own like, conspiracy theory. We'll get to that later. Oh, boy. All right. I'll, I'll leave that one off for now. By the way. <laughs> I can't gonna wait. going to open up Zane's conspiracy However, corner. I, I love Zane's conspiracy corner. Crack open the eggs. Uh, the food is not great, but the music is also not great. Well, the music is consistent with the food. <laughs> um, let's finish and up. Pretty let's good. finish up the rest of Team Possible. Oh, you want to actually talk about the rest of Team Possible? Uh, mostly just Rufus and Wade. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, we can talk uh, slightly. I didn't even write down Rufus or Wade. They didn't seem that important. They're not huge. They play a an important functionary role. R- Wade is huge, and Rufus is a mascot. <laughs> oh, are you just calling him fat? kind of (laughs) um but rufus is the naked mole rat played for some reason by nancy cartwright who is bart simpson you you can kind of sound you can kind of hear it yeah little muffled (laughs) eat my shorts yeah but like like he plays an important role you know hits this switch hits this lever he is to ron what ron is to kim 
but for him, mm. it's entirely a function of the fact that he is like three inches tall. <laughs> it's basically like he's like telekinetic hand. He's like mage hand for Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like R- Ron will help. just be able to like, yeah, slightly alter things around him. Mm-hmm. Like Rufus just comes with him. You need the package team. Yeah. I don't. I don't really care for Rufus, except yeah. that it gives Ron a point of stabil- stable friendship that he doesn't have to worry about. Yeah, and he has someone to complain to besides Kim. So if- yeah, because sometimes he has issues with Kim. Yeah, but also which is which is really cool. I love when that happens. It also serves a good point for dialogue because he can say a funny line, like he's distressed about something, and he can say a funny line and not have anybody feel the need to comment back. Uh, do you think they understand him? Who the animals? No, uh, do do you think they understand Rufus? Uh, Ron does. Does he like? Does he ever re- respond to what Rufus is saying, or does he ever just kind of? No, he totally does. In fact, I'm pretty sure Ron can talk to happening. other animals. You're talking about just beside, like, just monkeys and Rufus, right? Yeah, mystical monkey powers. We should point <laughs> out that Rufus also has mystical monkey powers for no reason. I don't think we should. <laughs> I think we could have left that out, and everything else would have re- continued just as normal, right? Um, and then Wade is a computer program, I'm pretty sure. Yes. He, he's not a real person. He, he doesn't exist in the real world. He appears entirely as holograms or fake robots or mm-hmm. on this little screen that Kim uses when she is called or beeped or paged. Yeah. When someone needs to read her. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. It's okay. They either, they either call her or they beep her. Uh, and Wade, so Wade is played by Taj Maori, who played the smart guy on the show Smart Guy when he smart was younger. Smart guy, yep. Yes. Yep. And, and he is, again, very functionary. They, they sort of have I this I guess machine. that's where Kim gets his jobs? Yeah. He's, is he, like, he's an like, arm of the government or something? He's like or Oracle does to Kim Batman. have a website? Like, because Kim has this website where if anybody types into the website, she'll do whatever they want. That's not, that sounds a little rougher than it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, they have I, I like don't that know. Online, ben. They have that online, <laughs> Yes, they do. Yeah, let's put some in the show notes. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I must be, like, channeling Ron, Ron's danger, danger libido. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. But th- if they have uh, some sort of crisis that Kim can solve, they'll, they, will, they will put in a request, and she will do it. Mm-hmm. But... It's actually canon that she does not get paid for it. Right. The only compensation she gets is that they're kind of duty-bound to give her some sort of mode of transportation for a later <laughs> mission. Yeah. So she just I knows mean, a lot of people who owe benefits. her favors rather than have, like, you know, the Titan jet. Well, I, you know what? I imagine that she has pretty top-level equipment for her level right now as well. Sure. Like, her bracers are probably, you know, on par with whatever you can get well, she, for, uh, for a fifth-level She level cavorts with a lot of super scientists. Her parents are super scientists. Yeah, that's true. I guess she probably started her off with high-level equipment. Her brothers everything. What a bummer of a side quest arc Kim has. But, she doesn't seem to get anything out of it. But, uh, yeah, her... It, she doesn't get paid for any of it. And people seem fine with it. This was another point of continuity I enjoyed. That, um, mm. it, you know, if she solves a problem within an actual episode, they can bring it back another episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I really enjoy. But It doesn't come up much, but, you know, it generally is related to large developments in one character. Mm-hmm. 
but it's it's kind of nice. Yeah. Like whom Josh Mankey is dating. Oh my. Right? He's so dreamy. Like let's like let's dish for a minute, but do you see him with that other girl? Those frosted tips. <laughs> That's what I was willing to really go want. I was willing to go into like a gossip girl thing and then you said frosted tips <laughs> and I can't I can't go any farther. Uh <laughs> He does look like he's straight out of Jersey Shore though. I, so does senior senior junior though. Yeah. <laughs> um but that's pretty much it for Team Possible. Yeah, they're. I mean, they, Harvey Birdman voices her dad, which is cool. But yeah. beyond that, yeah, and and a lot of the hero people are strictly plot relevant in terms mm-hmm. of getting us, shuttling us around plot wise to get to the villains who are much more interesting. Yes, because once we get to the villains, and even sometimes before we get to the villains, we get scenes devoted solely to the villains and how Doctor Draken is feeling. Yeah. <laughs> He does so, one of those blogs like, my feeling is <laughs> sadness. Yeah, yeah. Today I'm feeling bewildered. <laughs> he's got a little. He's got a little blue face with an eyebrow up. He's consistently bewildered. Um, I really like him. Draken's great. Let's, let's talk about Draken. Uh, Doctor Draken, voiced by John DiMaggio. Yes, you can he hear is. The influence. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is this sort of typical mad scientist. Mad science, ego, maniacal, mad scientist, and the egomania is important because it seems like it's the only reason that he's evil. Yeah, he like, is, he just wants to take over the world to prove that he's a genius. Yeah, he's textbook. He's doing textbook supervillainy. He doesn't have a reason to want to rule the world. Like, what will he do if he actually succeeds? No, give it back to see if he can do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, like it doesn't seem like he wants the power he just wants to prove that he can i'm not certain that he's thought that far you get the sense that i'm certain that he hasn't thought that far <laughs> right um and his sidekick is shigo who yes this is also very much you can talk about them both at once pretty much this is also very much a kim and ron type relationship they're they're very much it's loyal. almost exactly the same and i have a reason that i think it's better uh, but your... uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce Shigo? So Shigo uh, is this. She she's in green and black. Those are her kind of her color motifs, and she has this yes. like. She also is like this super ninja fighting kind of person, but she also has these green glowing fists that can do like energy blasts and like melt stuff. Like it's really yeah. Cool. She has like fantastic four powers or something. Didn't she get hit by a comet? Yeah. So her and her family got hit by a comet, and they all got powers. Um, in a really great yeah, episode. <laughs> whatever. I didn't see it. I'll have to watch it later. It was great. But what's really fun about Shigo is that she's just lazy as fuck. Yeah. She's, right? she's not very proactive. She kind of just latches on to Dr. Draken because like, his evil plans give her something to do. Mm-hmm. And whenever we pan to her, she's just eating chips or like reading comic books or making fun of Dr. Draken. Like, her job might not pay well. But the benefits are she doesn't got to do anything. Yeah. She, um, this is kind of another parallel to Kim in that, you know, she's she's just kind of waiting for someone to tell her, hey, this is your mission. Uh, she, like, <laughs> her backstory says, like, she was a hero, but the more that she fought the evil, the more she enjoyed fighting and evil. And, yeah. like, so now she's just hanging you around Draken because strengths. he's he's a magnet for fighting. Yeah, a bunch of people come want to beat him up, at which point it's her time to shine. Mm-hmm. And she probably just likes being better at evil than Draken. I saw the one where um, Draken got his evil drained out and it gave it turned to Ron. <laughs> did you see that one? I did not. 
and Ron became a supervillain who was way more effective at being a supervillain than Draken was. Nice. And Shigo was like threatened by him, so she tried to blast him, and he has a force field that he made. What? This was in like a day. That's not <laughs> yeah, and he was actually, I don't know, it was very funny how effective he was as a villain. Um, but, I um, did, I, I read that, um, so you know how there are pictures of Shigo and Draken in Kim's locker? Yes. So it turns out that's not actually a teen dream kind of crush thing. Um, I I had assumed that it was. It is, it is a rogues gallery, and the evidence is because in that episode, apparently, um, when Ron turns evil, a picture of Ron goes up. Oh, that's such a good continuity thing. I would have loved it if they had gradually, like, incre- like every time a new villain is introduced, they put a new picture up, but it's generally just Shigo and Draken. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Shigo gets top billing just like she does in Draken's evil schemes. She's just much more effective. She's much more effective. Here's why I like the Draken-Shigo pairing over the Kim-Ron pairing. Mm -hmm. Is because they're both fun to watch for different reasons. Mm -hmm. With Ron and Kim, only Ron is fun to watch. But you have like a fatal flaw in each Draken and Shigo. Draken because he's an idiot. And Shigo because she's just very unambitious yeah and she's got a bit of she's got some hubris as well she's got a lot of hubris um and so they're both fun to watch and you know that foil relationship makes a little bit more sense when they can when they gain something that by pairing with the other person kim doesn't really gain much by being with ron you kind of have to accept it on the whole "Eh, they were friends as kids sort of thing yeah yeah absolutely and you know Sometimes Draken goes overboard and just keeps referring to her as the sidekick, and she kind of puts him <laughs> in her place. Like, the fact that they are much more equals makes it a more interesting relationship. Yeah, they're better partners. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, which isn't to say that I don't like Ron realizing how subservient he is, because I do. But <laughs> I, just, I, I love a sidekick who knows that he's a sidekick. He's just, he's actualized Skeeter. <laughs> Yeah. Right? But I I guess, I don't know whether it's the pairing is better or whether I just like individually watching both of Draken and Shigo. Whereas with Kim and Ron, I kind of only like watching Ron. Yeah. Another part of it might just be that the villains are more interesting because they will have different plans, whereas heroes are kind of static and reactionary rather than proactive. That's true. I mean, that's always true. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I, I didn't think that that had that much of a function here. That's fair. The uh, one thing I wanted to mention about both Kim and Draken, which I guess kind of goes into the tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you wanted to do other characters. Well, I, I think we've hit the main ones. If anybody else gets I think a, so like, too. a minor mention, there are a ton yeah. of characters. Yeah, there's a bunch of bit parts. And, yeah, and recurring with, bit parts. With like, very, like. very big names in voice acting. Like, yeah. I, picked, I picked apart Mandark, Zuko... Harvey Birdman and Brock Samson. Yeah. And for, like, very minor roles. So, and, uh, you know, Sonor, they're, they're all over Sonor the place. And a Sonor Senior Senior is Ricardo Montalban. And a Sonor Senior Junior is Sonor Cardgage. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Ron. That would have been very different. Uh, so the tone is, <laughs> I think it would have been the, the same. The tone and genre. Yeah, like I was saying, there's one thing I want to say about tone and genre specifically mm. as it relates to Kim and Dr. Draken, and I guess Ron to a minor degree, which is the 90s slang. <laughs> it 
thoughts? It I it didn't really hit me that much. I felt I you know. I think it was so it's it's saturated so hard that you probably just got used to it. Yeah. But it's really prevalent slang here, you know, sitch, so the drama. Um they the theme song is talking about beepers. Yeah, that is that's a good point. That's where I mainly noticed Dr. Draken regularly turns into a faux rapper <laughs> faux rapper i do it's like, like he'll that. say faux shizzle yeah and sort of a catchphrase of his is you think you're all that kim possible but you're not yeah even ron his his catchphrase you know he's probably going to turn into cyborg at some point because his catchphrase is also booyah i didn't make that connection that there's all this 90s slang going on i <laughs> it's, yeah it's everywhere and you just get used to it you're so saturated yeah I mean, this wasn't. Uh, I don't, this didn't come out too I don't far really after like the it. '90s. No, but I don't really like it because it's so dated. It, it. No, I, I like it. I like it as it is. I just, I think it doesn't either doesn't happen enough, or happens too much. Oh, like it's concentrated and not like well, like well spread out. I, I think the problem is that it is spread out as opposed to being concentrated to one or two characters. Oh, okay. Like, most of the time, each character will talk normally, and then just sometimes they'll talk in 90s slang. It is a little odd. Which is why, I, it's just, it's, I think it's why I like it happening with Draken more than anyone else. Like, I don't like it when Kim does it. Ron sort of gets a pass because it's kind of just booyah. Draken, but... it works for because he, he lacks self-awareness in an endearing <laughs> way. Um, and... Yeah, he, he's not aware of pop culture, which is really funny. Yeah, he's like, he's trying to be cool for some reason. <laughs> He his entire character is him wanting to be cool. Like I think he's got like a past history with Doctor Possible, mm-hmm. where he like his start of darkness was him not being a cool scientist or something like that. Yeah, didn't they go to college together? I, I think, think so. every everything with a supervillain, all of the superheroes and supervillains went to college together. Yes, <laughs> fact. That's a necessary plot line. It's like it's sort of like a rite of passage. Oh. It's like going to an alternate universe or. Yeah you know, uh, time travel story. Also, Draken is Ron's father. <laughs> they have similar hair. Yeah. It works. <laughs> Why not? Um, and they're both good at e- being evil. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I liked the slang with Draken, I think because he has that lack of self-awareness. But again, with Kim, she should not have that lack of self-awareness. Right. And her slang isn't that bad, but it's just not consistent enough to be a part of her character yeah yeah it felt a little bit rocket power for me a little cringy yeah not not really cringy so much as just kind of it didn't really i didn't didn't care for it 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 drew focus in a way that i didn't like yeah i guess that makes sense i don't know it wasn't a it wasn't a huge deal but it's just something i noticed but what else you got in terms of uh, tone and genre um I got a similar vibe to, like, Venture Brothers. There's there's okay. some evidence online that this takes place in the Venture Brothers universe just because of the whole really? supervillain kind of code of honor. You know, it's more playing by the rules than actually trying to accomplish anything. That's a good point because although, you know, the Monarch and Dr. Dragon and all the supervillains seem to be wanting to kill Kim Possible, they never really do it. Yeah. Nobody dies. Nobody gets hurt. It's fine. <laughs> it's all fun. Yeah. It's all it's it's all just play it's acting. A big game. It it's yeah, I mean it's as though <laughs> it makes sense because you know if Ron and uh 
Kim hired Dr. Dragon and Shigo to enact these plans, uh, they would know ahead of time that it's not guys we have a safe word if it's getting too real you have to you have to back off i think it gets you know, too real when a giant laser robot giant off. beam almost falls on you that's kind of the point <laughs> well it, you have to have some realisticness otherwise it's not going to get up right so this is um actually part of a conspiracy theory i found great can't wait the idea so we know time travel is possible that has been established Mm. Uh, the idea is in the future. Although it didn't need to be established, you can assume. Uh, right. Given the there's setting. aliens, they fight some warlords. It's goofy it's enough great. to. There's mystical monkey powers. Of course, there's going to be time travel. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, all magic in this universe is monkey powered. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> all different facets of monkey power, right? This the the see no evil um, monkey power um, allows you to travel instantly between two distances because you can't tell the difference. <laughs> Uh, the the hear no evil gives you immunity to mind control, and the speak no evil. I I, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, the I, <laughs> actually, um, I, I, can't, I don't know. Doesn't Ron like? Doesn't his monkey powers get stronger when he turns evil? No, uh, the I don't like, think aren't so. The monkey no. powers fueled by negative, t- like negativity. <laughs> you're giving this. You're giving this. Uh, Too much credit continuity a little bit too much uh, credence they don't have like a green lantern effectiveness based on moods sort of uh, you know chart yeah he just sometimes has monkey powers when he's not being too scared not to use them yeah. he uses them when he has to um but anyway in the the idea is that in the future kim and ron separate for some reason and kim's mm. perfectionism turns into like a dictatorship so somebody in the... <laughs> she becomes dark warrior dark warrior kim exactly and someone in the future travels back in time to prevent this by getting people to pretend to be supervillains, basically to keep her occupied and on the side of good which i really like <laughs> what that's really good like they're, just, like they're tricking her into foiling the plans of the actual villains while controlling everything behind the scenes because they know that if they ever stop working together or like take a hiatus from saving the world it'll just all go downhill huh which i really so like because really... it makes ron characters ron's character more important because now he's this stabilizing influence to kim yeah he's goslin mm-hmm. like he he's the he's the moral there's a there's a thing with you know hyper competent superheroes whose ideals verge just a little bit too far away from morality um at times mm-hmm. you you have to have a um what is it called like a moral pet or something like an ethical leash i don't know what the right term for it is a morality pet and the idea is that you have to have someone to remind them of their humanity so that they don't go over the top so if if this was a darker more serious show that's what ron would be for kim right and it's not a more it's not a darker more serious show no no it's not it's it's a really like the the show's lot the logic of the show doesn't make any sense. Like they'll they'll go to Japan like three times in a day. <laughs> yeah, like two and back. Like you know the the logistics of it just don't work out, which is yeah, fine. They they're uh, like I, yeah, our mission I is somewhere like in Africa, and they just meet up. They just meet up in Africa. Sometimes they explain how they got there. Sometimes they don't. Right. It, it's not important, <laughs> and they recognize that it's not important. Come to my lair, conveniently located in Europe. It's conveniently located in Europe. <laughs> but. <laughs> Come to my lair. <laughs> Club lair. Yeah. They they don't take it seriously, which is why I, no. I think they're just trying, like, running a simulation for her. But. 
Yes, for the sake of for the sake of uh, hanky panky. Um, I always wonder in these kinds of shows where the supervillains do get very close to killing someone, like they're not trying specifically not to kill one of them. Like they're trying to kill Kim. It's just not quite working, mm-hmm. right? Um, these are deadly situations. She could easily die in one of these situations, but she never does, of course, because it's Disney. Yeah. But I always wonder what would happen in this universe if either Kim or Ron actually died in one of these episodes. <laughs> like, what? how would the supervillainy superhero structure reconfigure? How would they react? Well, let's take this case by case. Great. First up, Ron dies. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I like that. Kim, I guess that that's what the I, dictatorship This must be the alternate history, yeah, where she yeah. snaps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she, like, stops playing with the kitty gloves, you know. She has Draken, instead of turning him over to the police, just, you know, snap his neck. <laughs> yep. Much- so she becomes, like, uh, dark, like, Superman in the continuity, mm-hmm. in the Injustice Gods Among Us Superman continuity, where Lois Lane yeah. dies. Right. Really good. But it's pretty much the same yeah, thing, yeah. lost his compass, or, or the Justice League, where the Flash dies. Mm-hmm. He's the morality pet. Yeah, like I was saying, this happens a lot. Hmm. Like if you lose that, uh, if you lose that leash to you know, what, what makes the hero a person? You can't have the hero be just like you can't have him be like Doctor Manhattan, right? You know, because either his purposes aren't relevant to humanity's purposes, and he just fucks off, <laughs> or he actively assumes himself superior to everyone. Right. You need to have him grounded. Right. The alternate scenario, I think, is is more interesting, where Kim dies, and and Ron has to fill the power vacuum. Yeah. So he can he would probably like train really hard and and become fearsome in his own right and take things. You know, he loses that humor that really made him who he is. He taps into the monkey power. He's kind of doing mm-hmm. like a like a you know henchman twenty one kind of thing. Oh yeah, two ton two ton Ron. Yeah, uh, from from Venture Brothers. So I think both of those scenarios, the fact that we're so familiar with both of those possibilities, like shows yeah. the real flaw in this show, which is everything they <laughs> that they do, don't kill off one of the no, characters. The biggest... They should have killed <laughs> off Kim as That's soon as I'm they <laughs> as soon as they established how important she was to Ron. They should have killed her off and we could have gotten a great training mon- like training montages and Ron work really well together. Like he'll lose his pants eight times. He'll <laughs> have a really let's, nice uh, kung fu fight against some robots and simulations. Could have been great. Let's game of thrones this. A uh, bunch of char- let's make these situations as dangerous as they would be. <laughs> Yeah, and kill off every major character. It's revealed at the end that the person who's actually going to come to power is Monique. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would be cool. Um, But the biggest problem with this show is everything about it has been done before. It's just they they tapped into what works and do it again and again. I agree. This show is surprisingly formulaic for how popular it Mm -hmm. was. And I think that's a mark of, you know... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Of course it's popular. It's using all of these tropes that are so well-defined in other genres that work. Mm-hmm. But it's not doing anything but, groundbreaking. No, and, like, the two cut-and-paste, like, staple-together parts of the show, you know, the high school aspect drama and the secret agent stuff, both fine genres on their own, doesn't really make sense together. Right. Neither does Kim's character. Right. So there's just nothing continuous. There's, there's nothing—you can't go very deep in this mm. show. 
which is why we're going off on so many hypotheticals. Like, what are the conspiracy theories say? Or what if Kim died? <laughs> yeah. uh, I really like the idea that Ron becomes this really brooding figure. Yeah. Because because <laughs> his sweetheart. Yeah. Rufus becomes like a leopard. <laughs> why would he become a leopard? Because, <laughs> you know, you need a good leopard. Animal companion kind of thing. <laughs> I don't understand the necessity of it being a leopard. <laughs> He's got to be threatening. I can't. You know, it's like uh, like in Watchmen. Ozymandias has uh, <laughs> got a leopard. Yeah, when Rorschach pulls out his little uh, his little companion and... <laughs> Turns him into a leopard. Turns him into a leopard. I remember that situation exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I remember the leopard part of Watchmen. I don't know what's going on in your mind that you He's think just... that Rorschach was the comic relief of that. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> of course he was. By the way, this is a thing in uh, How I Met Your Mother, which I have not watched, mm-hmm. but apparently the character played by Neil Patrick Harris, uh, a thing with him is that he constantly thinks that the heroes are the villains and vice versa. <laughs> so like, he'll be watching The Karate Kid, and he's like, yeah, it's this really tragic tale of a kid who doesn't have a strong male role model in his life training so hard to be the best so that he can get some parental guidance from cobra kai but then he just loses out of nowhere to this guy who hasn't been practicing at all it's really sad that's great Uh, which i don't want to watch how i met your mother because it's got a laugh track and you know i actually i'm not i just i just i can't get through most shows that have uh, laugh tracks but that is really funny last night i actually just watched um twisted which was a kind of a spoof of Wicked, where they oh, it, Aladdin where story the from Wicked Jabbar. Witch of the West and the uh, and the Tin Man they all play like a game of Twister. Mm-hmm. Sure, cool. That was a good. I'm glad you brought that up. Anyway, next. Uh, no, like, seriously, what is what is it's, Twisted about? It's the retelling of Aladdin from Jafar's perspective. Oh, <gasps> it's by the same guys that did the uh, Batman musical. That is so good. Yeah, it's it's really well done. <clears throat> Is it? I mean, as well as the, the other ones. The thing like with the those innovative, ones, but... like, flip the script sort of scenarios is I always worry that they're going to be sort of, not hackneyed, what, what's the word? Just kind of uh, not, just not well done, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just kind of cheaply done just to, like, get the theme, of, like, kind of borrowing on the popularity of something that was better done with a new twist. I always worry that it's not going to be well done. I, I think it was it was well done. It borrowed enough and it did its own creative thing enough you know a successful adaptation and so that's really cool is kim possible bringing things back of itself <clears throat> yes yeah <laughs> kim possible is a successful adaptation of uh yeah i don't know so Platonic what else do we have of friendship <laughs> and what happens when you leave the friend zone <laughs> um get into the bone zone so yes uh so like I said, a big thing with this show is, um, I think, is how central to every plot boys and relationships are, mm-hmm. which is kind of gross. I mean, I like the nice departure that the male protagonist, that, it, that it's not a male protagonist dominating this, but it still feels very sexist the way Kim is portrayed. Hey guys, I got a great idea. Did you find it's that? It's a strong female lead who can do anything. But everything in her life but is defined by men. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the third game of of uh, it's like Metroid Three, right? Metroid Prime Three. Uh, no, Other M. 
Other M, that's right. Yeah. Where she has all of her powers, she's still a badass, but she has to ask a man if it's okay to use them. Why can't they just... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean... Why can't we that, have... Again, that's kind of telling to your audience. You know, you're you're, you're placating the male, yeah. uh, the male audience who's watching this. And Joss Whedon tries this every couple of years. Why can't we have a show where there's a strong female lead, and that's it? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Does he try it every like like give me an example? Uh Buffy, but then Buffy? there was that love plot with that vampire dude, and then Dollhouse, but uh, then she was being a pawn all along and yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. It it kind of sucks because well, you know what, this isn't actually that much of a missed opportunity because I don't really think Kim is that interesting a character to begin mm-hmm. with. But it is really irritating how so many of the plots are specifically her talking about boys or you know finding out that it's okay to like some boys and not other boys or you know something like that it's really irritating like how frequent that is almost as irritating as well maybe not that i i don't like the macro arc the macro romance arc of of uh of kim and ron because it's sort of it's the same reason i didn't like the ending of juno Uh (laughs) where you know okay pregnancy storyline teen pregnancy good this is fine people need to know this is a good story it happens all the time so it's relatable great at the end of the movie everyone is better off it's too far away from what normally happens for me to be comfortable with that resolution and the same thing happens here you have a a a female friend and a male friend and the female friend is way out of the male friend's league and would have no reason to like the male friend and they still become romantically involved at the end yeah, and it, and they do set it up a bit, and apparently that the 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 plan from the beginning was to have them be romantically interested, but it doesn't make any sense with their characters. That's why I insist that they have been getting together all along. Okay, I, I guess so. Uh, I, but I it's, don't it's know how I forgot that. Problem than that, because on the grand finale, the final episode, every character of any import pairs up <laughs> and goes off. Oh, you you were mentioning uh, what's his face with what's her face? Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. Yep, Sonora Senior Clyde. And that's right. Yeah, them. Uh, I think Wade gets together with Monique, or that's implied. Draken and Shigo Boo. get together. Like, it's it's like Draken and Shigo make sense. I don't mind that one. Like it's it, you're just pairing them together for the sake of closure, as though the yeah. audience is not capable of accepting that. Hey, maybe uh, Wade will go off to college and meet some girl or guy or whomever or stay single i'm yeah. like as an audience maybe give kim falls for some guy yeah maybe kim falls for some guy who's you know in her own league and doesn't embarrass her constantly for whom she has to she feels the need to explain herself maybe she'll you know pair with someone who's a little bit more like her a little bit more her speed it's like i was and saying not have to go get nacos all the time like I was saying, josh Mankey was right all along but seriously, so dreamy. No, he's really cute. <laughs> he's like, like, like the good body proportions and like just kind of his his gait and the way he dresses, mm-hmm. especially yeah, just like his clothes just well. they hang off him in such a way. And it's so perfect. I cannot. I love I it. Cannot stress this enough. The frosted tips. Frosted <laughs> tips. No, you really can't. Apparently, um, you would have think that it would have been enough. But we brought it back again. So you were mentioning the the way that they look. Uh, I would like to talk a bit about the animation. Sure thing. Um, so 
The lead designer on this show was Steven Silver, who also uh, was the lead designer for Danny Phantom. So we see a lot of the same mm-hmm. body structures and body size ratios. Yes. And it's a good, it's a good look. It's, um, you know, they don't look, it's not like that anime problem where they so, they're so thin that they want to fall apart, but they're sleek. Um, People are sleek in this. I will grant that they are not as bad as anime. There are certainly no Laura Harunas about to break their elbows. However, I would not say that they don't suffer from that problem. Specifically, the sexualization of all the female characters is still kind of gross. That is an issue. They all have Hartman hips. They all, uh, well, Kim in particular has weird triangle breasts. um, And she is constantly bearing her midriff. So... The animation, although it looks good, is just as misogynistic <laughs> as the themes, if not more so. Did you see uh, Ron's uh, Japanese girlfriend? No. Yeah, it, there's this weird subplot where Ron is like a hero of the East, and he trains at a ninja school. Did you catch that one? <laughs> nope. It only pops up once every like 13 episodes or so, but sometimes he'll just be like, we need you, magical ruler of uh, Taishi Pekwa or whatever it was called. Paishing, I don't know what the name was. And he'll just go off to this, like, ninja academy and solve someone's problems in Japan. And he's got this girl who's interested in him there. And she, like, has even more ridiculous proportions than Kim. Mm. And, like, again, Kim constantly bearing the midriff. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It just grossed me out a little bit. Maybe it shouldn't have. Maybe I'm being too sensitive about it. No, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um... I think everyone's kind of. I don't get to see Josh Mankey's midriff. No. Again, you do. I would love to see his frosted tips. <laughs> I guess that's but really no, all I'm going to be looking at. The anyway. women in the show are much more. They're sleeker and they're much more sexual objects. You look at the guys. You look at Ron, and he's like dumpy and looks like he's 13. You look at Wade, and he's fat, and you never ears. actually see him entirely. You know. Yeah. It's, there's, I bet there's just a girl constantly under that desk, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, that was pretty real. <laughs> it's a robot, then. How far should I apologize on this <laughs> one? Outwardly or inwardly? Do some penance. Do some of your uh, Tai Chi Penkwa. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do go through the forums later. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, it's not that. Uh, for as far as they tried to go in the female role model, you know, way, mm-hmm. like, I mean, she and Shigo, like, Kim and Shigo are both way more effective than their male counterparts, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. But then they're needlessly sexualized, and it just takes some of the, takes some of the progressivism away from it. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit alleviated by the fight scenes, where they are kicking all kinds of ass. It's great. Yeah. The fight scenes look Incredibly awesome. Incredibly well choreographed. Mm-hmm. And they're not the same. They're not just like a bunch of punches being thrown in the same way 50 times in a row. They're, nothing is on loop. Yeah, and they use the environments. They jump off of stuff. I was going to say that it's very varied in their frequent use of the game. Like, as a beat-em-up, this would have so many scene transitions. Yeah. You, like, you punch someone through a wall. Now they're hanging on a lamp. They can use it as the recoil. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and it's it's always a different environment because it's always a different country that they're in because Francois or like Gustave always transports them there. Yeah, and the different villains have different fighting styles, and that's without even getting totally. into like giant robot territory. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, which does come up frequently. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they do. Yeah, th- this action is great. Like, even Ron looks cool when he's doing his Tai Chi Pet Quar. Yeah, or even just, like, running around, and sometimes he'll trip over something and end up doing a flip, and it works out. Yep, although, he, trips, he trips over the power cord and the robot shuts down. Although more frequently he looks like he's getting thrown around like a wet noodle. Yeah, he's sort of like, he, he's like before they've invented good tech for kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Like, he just has gotten beaten up so many times that he's immune. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I, I do like the animation a lot. And uh, the action so, the action music is also really good. They got, like, so this action the music. Riff. Yeah, they do have an action bass riff. I found that a lot of the music was just like transit, like tonal transitions in the action. Mm-hmm. Like it'll go from them, you know, uh, you know, kind of losing to getting getting a come up. And like uh, Kim and Ron will be losing, and then Ron will be like, "Oh, now I remember that uh, superheated Nako I packed earlier." Yeah. And Kim will whip it out at Dragon's face or something, and she'll escape, and it'll be like, "Bow, bow, 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 bow." And it'll be like really triumphant, yeah. Theme like tone change, yeah. The you know the villains winning, and they got that looming sound, and then just like a mm-hmm. couple quick sound effects, and then back to the main theme music. Yeah, they don't really have music in this so much as they have like tonal riffs. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, that's a good that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, like just 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 little just little lines of music that uh that help you change from uh from sad to happy or from goofy to serious or something like that. Yeah. It's sort of like variations on the secret agent theme, which is fine. It's nice and nice and consistent with the mm-hmm. setting. But yeah, what do you what do you think uh, of the uh, theme song for the show? Uh, again, the slang is a little bit gross. Um, however, I think that this is a really good example of the song and the uh, clips from the show working really well together. Yeah, like uh, when it goes like. Uh, when it slows down for the first time saying Kim Possible and she's just kind of like narrowing her eyes in a Clint Eastwood way. That looks really good. There's a lot of good points in the, in the intro. It's, it, it runs that good balance of cluing in new viewers to what it's about and also just being catchy for people who know. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it, doing backflips the whole time. So a lot of action scenes from different episodes. So you can be like, Oh, I remember that episode. And it did change after the, uh, the, the drama movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, just different scenes, but still good. And uh, people yeah. are still using that, uh, bing, 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 you know, that sound for yeah, uh, as a ringtone. Yeah. All everywhere. Although I would go with, uh, I would go with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers over it, yep. but to each his or her, or more specifically her own. <laughs> and yeah, I I didn't I didn't mind the music. The music was fine. Yep. I also think I like the sound effects. Even though they are mostly just consistent, but uh, they do sometimes get goofy. Like for any for any scenes in which they go to Naco Bueno or yeah. Taco Bueno or Bueno Nacho, Nacho. That's right. Taco Bueno is an actual place. <laughs> uh, bueno Nacho is um, like you'll usually have a splat sound effect somewhere in a scene in Bueno yeah. Nacho, <laughs> but that's about as goofy as they get. For the most part, they're pretty realistic sound effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they're realistic in as far as realistic lasers and explosions go, but that's fine. Yeah, it it sounds the way it should. Yes, it does. So um, you mentioned, uh, now that we're closing up, you mentioned that there were a couple of conspiracy theories. Do we go through all of them? Um, we hit most of them. Um, the, the one where 
Wait, was the one with Kim and Ron uh, secretly being a couple the whole time? Was that a conspiracy theory that you made up, or was that from somewhere? No, I found that online. Nice. I'm going to have to check seemed, that out. It seems pretty compelling. Um, there is... Uh, it's compelling because I want it to be true, because it's funnier <laughs> that way. There is a conspiracy theory that um, Kim's mom and dad are first cousins. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why would that be a theory? <laughs> it was listed. I, there's like a great uh. list. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the better ones. Yeah, just the um, you know global domination angle. The um, I forget if I forget if Draken and and Mr. Possible being college roommates is is a conspiracy theory, or if that was actually like covered in the show. No, that's that's in that's in the show. Um, and it is it, because they're familiar with one another. Uh, um, because Doctor Possible you, will use Doctor Draken's first name, which is what, which is Drew. <laughs> Drew Draken. Drew. Yep. That's how you know Draken's the good he guy. He does not like because you get that alliteration. <laughs> that's true, and uh, you know, ever since Drew Carey, every every Drew is just a good guy, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, he paved the way. <laughs> it was it was truly one of our finest civil rights uh, battles. <laughs> Hey, yeah. yeah it's nice i like the theme song to drew yeah, Carey. You know? it's nice to see uh you know for draken it's nice to see somebody enjoy their work yeah. <laughs> what do you he mean just, he seems to be enjoying the super villainy he's pretty into it as a every every villain in this is kind of just into into super villainy as a hobby mm-hmm. and they don't really seem to like it in they're not trying to get anything like, like they're all doing it for the sake of their egos, but none of them really want any of the end game of any of the super villainy. Like Doctor Dragon doesn't want the world; he just wants to prove how smart he right. is. Um, you know, Monk Monkey Fist just wants to prove how 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 much of a monkey lord he is. Like, yeah, the, he just wants control. The over goals the are very vague. Once you yeah, control like, the monkeys, I, I what wonder... exactly are you gonna do? Nothing. Just hang out with your monkey. Chill with monkeys. He kind of does that already. You think he's already won, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, it's it's very strange. Villains just have not thought anything out in this in this continuity. <laughs> they're just going through the mud. You know, they're just dogs chasing their tails. They don't know what they would do if they actually caught one or chasing caught their own tails. Caught their well, own. They, they <laughs> I guess then. I guess I do know what they would do if they caught one. They'd probably stop biting their own tail. Like, something's not right about this. I'm yeah, stop. I messed up somewhere. Um, yeah, do we have anything else? <laughs> I don't think we do. I, I honestly, I thought that this show was going to be more fun to talk about. Yeah, me too. But I think the, the the fatal flaw that you mentioned, like there are fun things to talk about, but the fatal flaw that you mentioned was that it was just capitalizing on things we've already that we already know very well. Yeah, it's all been done. It was done well, I think, for the most part. Um, yeah, but... yeah, uh, well, well. Well executed from formula, you know? This is a good batch of sugar cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Zane, what are we watching next time? So next time, we are going to see how Generator Rex is. Yeah, uh, there's <laughs> kind of no way this can fail. <laughs> like, think about the name. Generator's cool. Tyrannosaurus Rex's cool. If Kim Possible teaches us anything, you take two things that people like, and staple them together and success yeah 
So how is this going to be bad? Right. And uh, how about after that? So after that, I thought we would do something Warner Brothers. Um, I was looking through the Kids WB, and I found a couple uh, things that we could do. The one I picked, um, I I don't know why I picked it, but I think it's going to be fun to talk about. We're going to be watching Tasmania. Yes! (laughs) Come to Tasmania. It's going to be great. great. I can't wait. Yeah, and the the weirdest protagonist maybe in any show that we've done so far. (laughs) That he's just a frothing, raving madman. (laughs) (laughs) He's a sensitive soul on the inside. (laughs) But he seems thick-skinned. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. And that's kind of all I have. All right. So, yeah. Uh, Until next time, you know, just drop us a line on uh at on facebook if you want to comment on any of our next shows yes um, make sure and... make sure that you are typing in the carton cast not the cartoon cast or else you'll get team possible and, and we'll never start this we'll, we'll never start this <laughs> team business yes and one of us will take over the world mm-hmm. my guess i didn't have a i didn't have a closer for that do, i'm very do you tired guess that i will take over the world or you I don't know. Neither but in a Hunger Games my microphone. style scenario with you and me, and I'd well, eat, I would eat you last. Random people, you you think you would win this one? I would eat you last. Hmm. I think I'd win. Yeah, I'm a coward and I'm treacherous. Those are good two good traits. That's true. Those characters always end out on top, right? Yeah, I think so. See now that's <laughs> like if I'm Neil Patrick Harris, I think that I'm the the the, the, the protagonist that's here. That's what Kim Possible could have used to clear out some of those side characters that we don't need to keep seeing. Just have a battle royale. Ebola? Oh yeah, <laughs> just have a battle royale. <laughs> Send them to Japan. Give one of them a trash can lid because we hate that guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, right. yeah. So leave a comment, drop us a like, type us in. Yeah, and yeah, and until next. Uh, next time, if if you really do need to reach us, like immediately, just call us or beep us. Should get through real quick. Or you know, ask your friend, you know, uh, Esteban to just cart you over. Yeah. Or he'll thank you, know, you for that time that you saved his world. Or you know, texts. <laughs> texts are fine. Texts are like the primary form <laughs> yeah. of communication now for that age group. <laughs> Drop us a text, dizzle, flow shizzle. Yo, yo, I used to be Drew. One day I turned blue. As a suede shoe or berry, it makes me look scary. Then I ponytail my hair. He got me a nasty scar and a funky fresh flying car. Now Drew be Dr. Dragon, so quit that yakking. Think I'm out, ah, I'm backing. Fire lippy sidekick Shigo. She kicks me in my ego. Got some freaky glowing hands. Mark my super genius band. Makes me do my diffy dance. Wreck it out. Oh, come on. Ah, get-